Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, another day, another scandal at ESPN, another <laughs> prominent ESPN personality accused of what else? Racism and another demotion for Rachel Nichols. We'll give you all the latest from that mess. Uh, also, um, Tom Brady loses. Um, Jessica Springsteen wins. She's going to the Olympics, and so is her horse. I'm so excited. And the Moors, we told you the Moors weren't going to go to court yesterday, and we said, we wondered, would it get crazy? Well, it got crazier than we even imagined. We'll play some of that and talk about those lunatics. And Joe Biden says he's going to go door to door. With the, uh, with the vaccine. That's uh, what could go wrong there. We will get into that and a lot more on today's Callahan podcast brought to you by DCU. Why do DC members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is with direct deposit to their free checking accounts, DCU members can get, get, get paid up to two days early. Who doesn't love getting paid early? Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They will even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today. DCU.org slash free checking insured by NCUA membership required. I Craig is back. Ironhead is back. Let's do this, Craig. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. It is July 7th, Wednesday, July 7th, and we got we got lots of winners, lots of losers. You know what yesterday was, Ironhead? Yesterday was like the busiest sports day I think I've ever seen. Uh, no football, obviously, so it you know, wasn't the greatest sports day. It didn't have any football, but it had all kinds of baseball, some big games, you know, Otani against the Red Sox. It had, I guess it had Wimbledon, I it had this golf match, which I found pretty interesting, a little long. It had uh, uh, all kinds of you know, dramatics, all kinds of drama behind the scenes at, um, at the NBA Finals with ESPN. And we'll get you an update on that. Lots of winners and losers yesterday. I'm going to give you a quick rundown. Here's your winners and losers yesterday. Uh, we'll start with the winners. Suns beat the Bucks. Uh, Angels beat the Red Sox. Um, um, Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau beat Tom Brady and uh, Phil Mickelson. Brady didn't embarrass himself, but uh, we'll get to that. Uh, another big winner. We want to send congratulations to Jessica Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen's uh, daughter who made the Olympic team. She'll be going to the Olympics as part of the equestrian team. 
and she brings her horse with her. <laughs> you know, I we talked uh, the other day about how much we're spending as taxpayers. We're spending to send Gwen Berry, that ingrate, that little brat, uh, uh, hammer thrower. I don't know what it costs to send her, but I'm going to guess it costs a little bit more to send Jessica Springsteen and her horse. Uh, um, by the way, we have the name of the horse if you want it. It's it's Don uh, uh, Don Juan Van de Donquav. Nice. Don Juan Van de Donquav. That's the name of her horse. Rolls off the tongue. Bring, <laughs> she'll bring the Tokyo, vying for a medal in show jumping. So if she jumps, whatever the things, the little, she gets the same medal that Michael Phelps got, you know, that Carl Lewis got, that uh, that Mike Arruzzioni got. Jessica Springsteen will get the same medal if she wins show jumping. And according to the story I just read, she has a chance, a good chance to medal in Tokyo. And it's about time, you know, the Springsteen family caught a break. You know, the, she she won a um. I, I don't know how much money she got, but she won a professional show jumping. Uh, tournament or show or whatever you call it game and one like the thing says the $37,000 show jumping um, contest competition. So she, she wins money doing this jumping over things with her horse. Uh, So I, hopefully that'll be on TV so we can all root against her, you know? Yeah. I'm going to pick out certain people like the U S women's soccer team or Gwen Berry or, or Jessica Springsteen and just, you know, if they're on, I'll tune in just to root against them because I don't know. It just seems like it'd be hard to root for uh, young Jessica Springsteen. Although she does look like mom, so she uh, hasn't caught all the breaks in life. Well, but, if you go uh, if you go down to a horse stable, it's not you know ground zero for struggle. It's usually pretty well off uh, people. Yeah, not exactly a rags to riches Olympic story. We got a lot of those. Obviously, that's what the networks are looking for: those tear jerkers, stories, those Cinderella stories. I don't think they got one here. I'm sure they'll try to cover it. She'll get some coverage. It'll be, it'll be a, a, a story, and uh, maybe, uh, not maybe. Dad will be there. I mean, of, of course, Springsteen will be there. He'll, you know, get on his private jet and head to Tokyo and stay in the in the Four Seasons and get shuttled around in helicopters and limos. Uh, but you like those kind of stories about Olympians overcoming the odds and maybe bringing home a medal and hopefully i mean she's probably not quite as radical as dad so hopefully she stands for the anthem and you know doesn't take a knee or turn her back or put a t-shirt over her head when they're playing the anthem or if she's on the medal stand hopefully she's uh, a proud american proud to wear the uh, red white and blue but we should start oh i want to add one other loser and we're going to get to this the moors the, the the rise of the moors we asked this yesterday uh the, the question, when the Moors went to court, if you don't know who the Moors are, read up. They're the lunatics, the militia guys armed to the teeth who were who ran out of gas on a highway in, in Massachusetts and then ran into the woods. And eventually they were rounded up, charged with gun charges. All of them. I mean, none of them had a, had a proper registration for their weapons. None of them. And yeah. they had 11, I think, I think uh, eight of them appeared in court. There was a juvenile who they let go or a couple of juveniles. But we, we wondered if it would be crazy, if it would be a circus scene at the Maldrick, Malden District Court. We wonder no longer. It was crazier than even we suspected. And we can play some of that sound and tell you more about these nuts. We'll just give you a hint. Um, they like, as one of their, you know, fashion accessories, these guys like swastikas. Okay, they like swastikas. I'm not Big sure you fans. need to know a lot more about them, but we'll get to the guy <laughs> explaining why he likes swastikas. But for, I think we have to start. Uh, start. I think we have to uh, lead with ESPN because, as I said yesterday, it's it's just fun to watch liberals, watch wokesters, super wokesters devour each other, eat each other alive. And Rachel Nichols, the woman who claimed in her private conversation with LeBron James' agent that Trump-supporting white conservative guys were holding her back at ESPN, who used identity politics uh, or you know, used her identity, her, her gender, to get ahead. Did a fine job. I'm not saying she wasn't a good reporter. She is a good reporter. But, you know, she said she had to overcome the bias, the discrimination in ESPN. She did. She was the lead 
uh, sideline reporter on NBA did a good job, made a lot of money, but it all came crashing down when she was uh, recorded, when she recorded or someone recorded her conversation with Adam Mendelson, the LeBron uh, advisor, where she um, suggested, she didn't even come out and say it. She suggested the reason Maria Taylor, uh, the young African-American uh, reporter, 34 years old, the reason that she uh, kind of displaced Rachel Nichols may have been, you know, race, which is stating the obvious. Everybody knows that ESPN is invested in promoting um, young black reporters, particularly young black females. So first, Rachel Nichols gets bumped, loses the lead job, the big job to Maria Taylor. Then she's forced to apologize. We played that yesterday. It's pathetic. It's 27 seconds apologizing, you know, for all the harm she committed to poor Maria Taylor. And then yesterday, yet another indignity uh, 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 <laughs> for for Rachel Nichols. She gets replaced as the sideline reporter for the NBA Finals um, by Malika Andrews, a 26-year-old. I mean, they're just abusing Rachel Nichols now. I mean, this, this woman's like two years out of college, and mm. she was – covering the NBA last year, but no one knew it because she never took her mask off. She, oh God, it didn't matter if she was alone in the arena. She always had her mask on a 20, now 26 year old thin, a young woman who had zero, uh, was in zero danger from COVID, but she just wouldn't take her mask off. Anyway, she's the new silent reporter. Rachel Nichols is, I don't know what she was hosting this show. I don't know. It was called countdown or something with Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson. They jumped that yesterday. They didn't even let her do anything. She just oh, sat no. in the corner with her face in the corner and everyone <laughs> walked by yelled, shame, shame. I mean, she was the big loser in the woke Olympics at, at ESPN, the most woke company, anything, everything they do, everything they do is about, uh, is about being as progressive and as, as, uh, as politically correct and as woke as possible. They are now replacing, you know, talented, successful, famous, uh, not young, but female reporters because the female reporter, because uh, they want to have someone younger, prettier and, and with, uh, and black in that job. That's, that's what they're doing. And, um, Rachel Nichols, again, she didn't in, in, in and Jason Whitlock has another good column about this, where he points out that she really didn't do anything wrong. She didn't rip Maria Taylor. She did just the opposite. She said she's a good reporter, does a good job, but, you know, she's coming after my job, and, and I, I think I know why some people want to promote her. That's all she did. It didn't really uh, say anything offensive. As I said yesterday to Carano, I go, if they recorded my private conversations, oh, yeah. first of all, I could never have I could never have one without swearing. I mean, she's not even swearing. She sounds a little whiny, um, but she doesn't swear. She doesn't say, "Oh, that you know that bitch." You know, she's coming to my. She's stabbing me in the back. She doesn't go get you know, go overboard at all. It wasn't that embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing to have any private conversation leak especially when the person leaking it, Maria Taylor, no, not directly. She's smarter than that, but she did it for her own negotiation purposes. She did it for a reason. She, it was a cutthroat move. I almost respect it. I mean, and she's just destroying Rachel Nichols to advance herself, to promote herself. I mean, she won't appear on camera with Rachel Nichols. She's a 34 year old, nobody who's negotiating a deal that's going to pay her seven, eight million a year. She's riding high. She's the victim here, according to everybody. And she, she says, screw that. I'm not going to appear on camera with Rachel Nichols. And her bosses say, okay, whatever you say, they won't make her. <laughs> they won't say, this is your job. You know, she apologized to you. Get over it. It is incredible how pampered this Maria Taylor person is as a, uh, as as Jason Whitlock points out, that she she wants her belly rubbed, you know, <laughs> every yeah. time someone's on camera with her, she wants everyone to tell her how wonderful she is and how she's been, uh, how this is an awful uh, uh, wrong that's been committed against her by her colleague Rachel Nichols, 
And apparently Rachel can't grovel enough. There's not going to be enough uh, shame for uh, to, to, to satisfy Maria Taylor. Because I don't know what happens today. Rich, every day Rachel Nichols gets another punch in the gut. Today they're going to probably... You know, like a signer to cover soccer or something. <laughs> she'll be no, she'll be covering poker or some ESPN, uh, you know, late night show on two in the morning because they apparently aren't through beating up uh, the old broad Rachel Nichols because uh, uh, she committed the, the sin, suggesting that race might have something to do with a decision at ESPN, which is a fact. It's not an opinion. It's not a, a suggestion, really. It's a fact. Everybody knows this is how they operate at ESPN, but apparently you can't say it out loud. The worst I, thing she possibly could have done, possibly, is say she didn't want to lose her job to affirmative action. That's the worst phrasing she could have used. And, but tell me this. who And, and again, Whitlock points it out. Who, who does? Nobody. Who, who wants to lose their job? I mean, we say this all the time about these fraudulent, you know, liberal uh, uh, you know, Ed Markey's out there who will rail against, oh, yeah. you know, companies for not celebrating diversity, who will say that this black person should have been promoted and this person should have been paid and all that. Well, they ever, they never give up their seats. They never give up their jobs. They never step back and say, you know, uh, if you're, I don't know who, who's, who would be a good woke liberal on, uh, you know, Max Kellerman never says, you know, I'm a rich white guy. I, 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 the ultimate example of white privilege. The ultimate grew sin. up rich, still rich, have this easy job, make a lot of money. I think I want to help a poor minority out. I think I want to give up my job for some up and coming young black person, uh, women, gay guy, whatever. Some uh, some box must be checked here. So I'm stepping down. That never happens, and it never will. No. But a couple of the things that I enjoyed watching yesterday, because, again, it's fun to watch ESPN uh, just just struggle with its uh, with its runaway wokeness. Um, Bobby Burak, we talked about him. Uh, we talk about him a lot, but he's good. He's a media columnist for uh, OutKick. We've had him on the uh, podcast a few times. He's uh, he goes after, you know, the the sacred cows and he doesn't doesn't hold back. He'll talk about people who are, you know, using race or whatever he. So he's been very critical of some people at ESPN, including including uh, Maria Taylor. And apparently he triggers Stan Verrett. If you don't understand Verrett is he's a uh, sports center host. I think he's um, I think he's based in L.A. Perhaps. I don't know. He's on late. He's okay. I mean, you see him, he's good. He, you know, I don't have a big opinion, a strong opinion one way or the other, but apparently he's very sensitive. As Burak points out, he's a 54-year-old guy, no wife, no kids, no life, apparently, because when he gets off the air, he just starts tweeting, uh, attacking Bobby Burak, calling him a liar and everything. We got some of the uh, tweets up on the screen. He DMs him, you know, all over the night. These people and i hate the term snowflakes but god are these the biggest snowflakes this is this is again the result of people who've had their ass kissed and have been pampered and protected and and have people like you know i don't know the, the media there aren't really no media critics i mean there are fanboys and cheerleaders out there good liberal cheerleaders at you know the new york times the boston globe washington post who will say, you know, Maria Taylor's wonderful and race had nothing to do with it. Who will lie to you? They will lie to you. They will say that ESPN doesn't factor in race when they promote or hire people. They'll lie to you because, you know, they're afraid. You know, they're, they are they don't want to cross the mob. They do not want to take that chance. And Stan Verrett is such a pampered little puke mm -hmm. that one guy out there from OutKick, now, I like OutKick, I like Bobby Burak, but is he really, you know, affecting your life, Stan Barrett? He can't handle it. He just goes off the rails attacking Bobby Burak privately and, you know, on, on Twitter. And Burak just, you know, uh, tweets it out. Here's the kind of lunatic that Stan Barrett is. It was funny. It was revealing. Do you got any good? Uh, read me a good one there, Ironhead. Do you got any good uh, uh, insanity from Stan Barrett? Uh, Stan Barrett's... Uh this is the DMs, not the the tweets. He just yeah, said, DMs, which God bless him, Bobby Burak immediately tweets out. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> he just said, uh, I'm not joking. Your site is trash led by a racist. And then oh. and then Bobby just says, Thanks for the retweet. And that just oh. that just set him off. Cause uh he goes, I accidentally retweeted it, then I took it down. I want nothing to do with your site. And then he said, Thanks for the accidental retweet. <laughs> That's good. Bumbrack is good, but uh yeah. I never knew. I mean, I feel like I've been watching Stan Barrett off and on when I used to, yeah, used to be on in the morning. We would have it on because it was a late night sports center and we'd play it in the morning and he was, you know, perfectly fine. He's on with that, uh, white guy with the glasses. Who's the older white guy with the glasses on uh, sports center with them. Scott and Van they, Pelt. What is it? Van Pelt. No, 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 no. It's a, uh, the guy they're in California, based in California, but they're, they're fine. They're fine. They're, they, you know, they do a fine job. They're happy. They joke with each other. And, uh, I never knew he was this kind of lunatic. You know what else I didn't know, Craig, you know what else I didn't know about someone at ESPN? I didn't know Adrian Wojnarowski, the, uh, NBA, uh, sleuth, the scoopster who is a good NBA reporter. You know that because he's on their big show. He's on the big, whatever it's called, big NBA show as part of the panel because, uh, and he's a, he's an old white guy, but he's there because he breaks stories. He's kind of a poor man's Adam Schefter or a NBA version of Adam Schefter. Did you know he was racist? I didn't know every day we're learning more about these ESPN issues uh, what story is that you get in front of you? Uh, um, I'm actually I, trying to find the uh, audio of him on. I listened to it yesterday of the you, the guy on Lebetard uh, accusing him. So, so, so former ESPN NBA insider uh, Amin Al Hassan, I believe this is the guy, and we used to play the sound uh, on the radio all the time, who said he went to Boston and it was so racist. Then when he walked in a restaurant, the music stopped and everybody stared because as if they'd never seen a black person. And I don't know where this restaurant is. I'm going to guess it's in his head. It's in fantasy land because this never happened. And it's one of the most uh, transparent attempts to, you know, to, to, uh, to, to slander a city, just to, to pile on a city. Cause this was after, I don't know, Adam Jones, one of the uh, faux controversies. And he said, you know, that's the way it is in Boston. Well, he went on with Dan Lebertard and I even know Dan Lebertard. I thought Dan Lebertard didn't have a show anymore. I don't even know. But anyway, I got to keep up. He goes on when they're talking about uh, Nichols. And by the way, Rojanowski, I'm not going to defend him because even though he's a, he used to be a friend of mine years and years ago, but he's totally woke, totally liberal. He's the one that attacked Josh Hawley and I can't remember, Josh Hawley, I think, attacked China. And if you're a good NBA guy, you know, you're a good soldier for Adam Silver, you defend China at every turn. We've seen that with LeBron James and, and others. Mm-hmm. Josh Hawley did something, called out China. And Adrian Wojnarowski tweets, F you, literally, fuck you. Well, it, was a e- it was an email. Oh, he emailed. Yeah, uh, private email. emailed directly to Josh Hawley? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. To a sitting senator who had the gall to criticize communist China. Anyway, that's when Wojnarowski kind of lost me. But still, I don't think he's a racist at all. I mean, he does a good job covering the NBA, talks to lots of coaches and players and apparently uh, front office people. But Eni, I'm I'm sorry, Amin Al-Hassan goes on uh, with Dan Lebertard and says that Wojnarowski um, is racist. (laughs) Guy, uh, um, and and he, he claims that Wojnarowski doesn't talk to players, and he and he only talks to front office people and assistant coaches who are trying to move up, right. and maybe a video coordinator. He says, but he accuses Wojnarowski of holding back, of denying opportunities to young black reporters because he feels threatened by them. I mean, this is uh, new to me. Um, and as, uh, is this Burak? Uh, yeah, Burak wrote about this. He got, he got, uh, what's Stein's? Mark Stein, you know, Mark Stein, kind of a you know, chubby looking middle aged white guy. He's an NBA guy and an NBA insider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. He forced him out. So I'm, I don't know what young black reporters this guy's talking about, but he forced an old white, you know, Jewish guy out. Wojnarowski did that. But, you know, it's a cutthroat business. It's a big job. He makes a lot of money. He's fighting for 
every opportunity. So he, he, he won that battle to get rid of Stein. They promoted Wojnowski. He, you know, has broken a lot of stories. In fact, it's, it's an upset when there's a story breaks about the NBA and it's not him. If it's somebody else, you're going, wow, Wojnowski missed that one. But right. do, we have, do we have any sound from Am- Amin Al-Hassan? Because sure this guy's a lunatic. There's another element to this, by the way, which is the Game of Thrones of ESPN, particularly on the NBA side. The power struggle. The moment I cackled, ladies and gentlemen, I cackled out loud reading this article was the quote that Adrian Wojnowski called someone else a bad teammate. Are you... Can I cuss? I don't know. I mean, you've already done that. Are you fucking shitting me? (laughs) This guy's going to call someone a bad teammate? For real? For real? Do we want to talk about the black careers that he put a foot on because he was threatened by? Do we want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about the newsbreakers with an S of diverse backgrounds who have rapports with players that Adrian doesn't have that he saw as threatening because his sources are all front office people and assistant coaches trying to move up and maybe a video coordinator who's trying to get a, a better job somewhere else. But he can't talk to LeBron. And he can't talk to uh, uh, Chris Paul or Damian Lillard or some of these other guys. He doesn't have that rapport with them. So what he does is he steps on them. And he's stepping on and beyond that particular angle. He steps on a lot of people over there. He steps on a lot of people over there. All right. He's, uh, that's Amin Elhassan, a guy who was, I don't know why ESPN dumped him, former ES, former NBA guy for uh, ESPN. And the panel on, and what, what the heck, uh, forgive me, I don't, on Dan Lebertard, I thought was done at ESPN. What, where's, where's this show? This is just a podcast. Uh, so it's the podcast, if you're not watching the video, is Aman Amin El Hassan, Dan Lebertard, and Jamel Hill. That is the single wokest podcast I've ever seen. And I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm, I defend Wojnowski just because I know this guy, first of all, has lied uh, before. He lied about Boston. He's lied to fan the flames of racial tension. That would be the job description for Jamel Hill, wherever she works, to fan the flames of racial tension. She's the go-to person sure to just... To, you know, to throw to throw gasoline on that fire. And then there's Lebertard, the super woke guy uh, who is kind of the uh, facilitator of this this nonsense. I mean, did he did I miss something? Did he name one name of a black reporter who was held down by Adrian Wojnowski? No, nope. I mean, Adrian Wojnowski's job is to break stories, is to uh, in a report on the NBA. I mean, maybe you think he should have um, mentored young black reporters and, you know, prepared them to take his job. But that's not why they hired him. That's not why they pay him. They pay him to break stories, and he does. And I don't care whether he talks to LeBron, you know, like Rachel Nichols, talks to LeBron and kisses his ass, Mm -hmm. or talks to coaches or talks to video coordinators. If you're his boss at ESPN, you don't really care. You just want that next trade when someone gets traded or someone gets signed, you want that to break on your airwaves. That's why they pay Wojnowski. That's what he does. I never, I've never heard he was a bad guy, but you know, maybe he is, but he's, he's doing his job and he called Rachel Nichols a bad teammate. So I'm, I have no sympathy for Wojnowski. He's again, he's woke. He's total you know, far left Trump hate and liberal, just like everyone else at ESPN. He called Rachel Nichols a bad teammate, over a private conversation where she really did nothing wrong. I would love to hear Adrian Wojnarowski's private conversation. Do you think he ever snipes it at, at teammates? I think, I mean, this, I mean, El Hassan's a lunatic and a, and a, you know, and, and a liar in some cases, but he has a point. You calling her a bad teammate is to me, it's just gutless. You know, it's gutless. She's down. She's getting kicked. She's getting demoted. She's losing jobs. And you're calling her a bad teammate because she really didn't do anything wrong, but because of a private conversation, which wasn't supposed to leak. Can't we all admit that it's inappropriate that the person sent it to the New York times and we got to hear something that wasn't meant for the public. And again, she really didn't go after Maria 
Maria Taylor. She just suggested something that's undeniable that Maria Taylor, I mean, yeah, Maria Taylor is getting promoted partially, not entirely. She's a woman. She's young. She's attractive. She's articulate. Those are all factors. And so is the fact that she's black. That's another factor that she checks a box, which ESPN is desperately trying to do. They don't, I mean, the days, not only are they not promoting old white guys, they're getting rid of them. I mean, they're getting rid of yeah. Kenny Maine and Mike Golick and all these other old guys that they were making too much money and they were uh, not what they wanted out front. They want, you know, young, black, uh, young, whatever, Hispanic, female, whatever. That's what they want out front. Everyone knows it. So she states the obvious and now they're, you know, destroying her life. And I guess I don't, I don't feel like I should be defending Wojnowski because he piled on. But this idiot, this Amin Al Hassan is just an idiot. You know, that's just it. How whatever. can how can Maria Taylor possibly justify getting paid five years, forty million? It's so absurd, and she, and it's going to happen. Her contract's up in like two weeks. I think it's up the day the game six is scheduled to be played in the NBA Finals. So she'll be on TV, and I guess I think you know she's. She's cutthroat. Let's be honest. She used this. She is. She turned down five million a year. A person that ninety-eight percent of the public they don't know who she is turned down five million a year. Let's, she wants eight. She yeah. wants even a Smith money. And again, I've said this for days. Well, I'll say it again. She doesn't bring in one additional viewer. Not one. She doesn't bring in one additional dime in revenue. She knows that ESPN has an agenda right now, and it's too advanced to change, you know, the face of the network. She's taken advantage of it, uh, and her agent and her mother and, her, you know, the people, her allies in the business who are, who are feeding uh, stories to the New York Times, they know that the, that the iron is hot right now, and they're going to strike, and in two weeks she's going to sign. It might not be $8 million, but it'll be like $7 million which is still about six and a half million more than she's worth. It's just crazy. But that's the state of the world right now. That's the state of, uh, of, of network television or ESPN. I mean, whether you're good at the job is it's a factor. It's, right. She's not bad at the job. We just watched that video and got- Jamel Hills in it, who I'm not a fan of, but I know who she is. She's not getting that money. Right. <laughs> No, although she is the greatest job getter I've ever seen. She's so all good, good at, at the jobs. She loses the jobs, but man, nobody can get hired yeah. for more gigs. <laughs> right now she's got like free free podcasts and she works at Atlantic magazine and she's making documentaries and she's work I mean, she just keeps getting jobs because and and that's fine, but she if she were honest, she would admit that this is what companies are trying to do, trying to hire, promote <clears throat> you know, young, attractive African-American. And she doesn't check all those boxes, but she checks enough and she's angry <laughs> and she's, you know, she's angry and she's, she's, uh, you know, uh, ready to fight uh, at every turn. So they like that. And by the way, she'll just accuse anyone and everything of racism. She's one of these people who accuse, you know, the, 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 the weather is racist, you know, the whatever, everything is racist. And they like that Atlantic magazine, which used to be, a respected uh, journal is is a joke now. It's just a, a complete, uh, you know, liberal uh, rag that uh, that nobody. I don't think anyone buys it anymore. But they they have an agenda. It's to help Biden to hurt Trump. That's their job, and that's what she's good at. So they pay her to write poorly. She writes poorly. They pay her to write, you know, race hustling, you know, garbage. That's her job. But anyway. It was a great day. If you're uh, not a huge fan of the current state of ESPN, because they were just self-immolating all day. It was wonderful to see. Sure, uh, we'll see what happens today. I don't know what's going to happen today. Uh, you know, what's uh, we're going to find out, uh, you know, like Mike Greenberg, someone's going to say was, uh, you know, in the clan when he was younger or something. <laughs> They're going to find out, that, yeah, exactly. you know, uh, one of the hosts, uh, yeah. Stephen A has, has one of those swastika necklaces. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, all right. We got, we got to get to the Moors in court. Cause I promised this yesterday. I said, we're going to have the sound and we're going to have a full report because I had a feeling, I had a feeling this wasn't going to go smoothly. It wasn't going to just be guys going in there, pleading not guilty, getting bail, leaving, getting a court date in a couple months. I had a feeling this, uh, um, cult, can we call it a cult? Do you sure. think this is a cult? Sure can. I mean, I didn't initially, Definitely. just a bunch of gun nuts that wanted to go shoot guns in the main woods. 
Well, the thing was, when you see when you see their supporting cast, which showed up yesterday, you say these people are strange and they're extremist and they're uh, I don't know about dangerous. Do they seem dangerous or do they seem uh, like just crazy? Stupidity is dangerous sometimes. I don't know. Yes, and I went and and when you have stupidity mixed with an AR-15, right? I said this yesterday. I thought, I I mean, if you're the cop, again, it was one or two cops who showed up at first, and there's eleven of them, and eight of them run in the woods with their AR-15s. Yeah, I'm freaking. That sounds pretty tense. That sounds pretty tense and pretty scary. And I'm thinking, if you're in in this cult. And you're armed, and you got all these guns and weapons, and, and then you're thinking that someday you're gonna, you know, take over the government or whatever you're gonna. Have. It's, I think it's surprising. It's obviously great, is great news, but none of them, you know, went down shooting. You know, none of them said, "I'm gonna take a shot." They eventually, mm. they all gave up and laid down their arms. So I don't think we've given the cops enough credit for just diffusing the situation, um, and, and you know. Let's be honest. If they ended up shooting, and you had these, uh, you know, whatever, you know, a lot of them are young, twenty-one-year-old black guy from the Bronx. Yeah, went through the names, the ages, and a cop had shot. Doesn't matter, obviously, if the guy was shooting at him. It doesn't matter if his life was threatened. The cop would now be, you know, on trial, uh, on trial in the in the media, and it would be a huge deal. So, and the thing is, a, too, uh, the wake real cops, the state troopers who who defuse this, deserve mm-hmm. a lot credit for sure the thing is too coming from rhode island going to maine if you go through massachusetts if you left if they left the gun in the back of their car unloaded and locked they would have been fine because you can transport through and massachusetts how about this, craig how about this crazy idea they filled up in rhode island i mean i i saw the van i'm sure it doesn't get great gas mileage <laughs> but i'm gonna guess you could have made it from maine to new Hampshire. i mean from rhode island to new hampshire around the maine if you fill the tank, fellas, yeah, no kidding. And they're such weirdos. They're such weirdos that they didn't want to go to a gas station. They take out the big, uh, the, the big jug of gas to fill up their tank, and on the side of the highway, they have that's gu- inviting. They have armed guards. A, a trooper pulls up, or a cop pulls up, and says, "What's going on?" And sees all the guns, and then you got a, a situation. If they just went to a gas station. Station, they would probably be in the main woods right now, you know, shooting, you know, uh, whatever, squirrels, shooting trees, uh, and having a great time. Instead, they were in court yesterday. They were in jail all weekend. And as we suspected, their uh, their fan club, first of all, they, not all of them, but some of them were unhinged in court, yelling at the judge. And they're all wearing masks. They're forced to wear masks still. What the hell is that about? Aren't we done with masks? I see you know, reporters occasionally with masks. So you see in the NBA finals, the assistant coaches and the, the TV you know, people, the tech still wear masks. Nobody in the crowd, there's 20,000 people, none of the players, none of the refs are wearing masks, just like assistant coaches. What is, can they just stop with that? Anyway, they're in court. Some of the, the rise of the Moors guys, the defendants are yelling out, which was crazy enough. But then you have, the uh, people outside with funny hats and scary necklaces. And uh, can we hear from, so let's just hear, want to hear the whole report from, uh, which is from ABC from Channel 5, does the report of the bizarre day in court for the Moore's morons. Outbursts and insults hurled at the judge. One former prosecutor says this was one of the most bizarre proceedings he has ever seen. I'm a free war. I'm a national, a living, breathing man. I'm going to ask you not to interrupt me again. Chaos in court. The men arrested for the standoff with police on I-95 at times arguing with the judge. Their supporters shouting too. High treason. High treason. The heavily armed militia Rise of the Moors say they were traveling from Rhode Island to Maine to train. Police say none had a license to carry. Experts call them extremists, part of a sovereign citizen movement. They claim they're not United States citizens and therefore the court has no authority over them. But just because you are a foreign national does not 
make you or render you immune to the laws of the United States or that the reality is, is if your person is here in the United States and if your person is here in the Commonwealth and you are subject to the Commonwealth's laws. Most of the men waive their right to an attorney choosing instead to be their own lawyer. Confusion followed. And the expression goes <laughs> that only a, a fool would have himself as a client. Supporters say police overreacted. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to take cats out of the trees for the rest of my life, so if I get something excited, I'm going to run over there and blow it out of proportion. Um, the the <laughs> oh, wait, that, was that so the supporters, if you're just listening on watching, have those weird what do you call those hats? Fezzes? Those those weird hats from like Morocco? Yeah. You'd see them in, in the movies or, in, you know, like in, on T, like on Three Stooges or something. Like they have a, those hats. Yeah, it's like a VFW hat. <laughs> right. A Friars Club. Yeah. So the men and women have those hats. I think only the men have swastikas. Do I have that correct, Craig? The men uh, have swastika necklaces. There's actually a tendency. Just the, uh, just the one guy that looks like he dressed up like a cardinal. Like a religious cardinal? That's not that's not him. Right. He's got a whole gar- got a whole outfit. But uh, to their credit, a reporter, I believe, uh, was it this guy, the Channel 5 guy, asked about it. Asked the guy who the Rise of the Moors guy, who wasn't arrested. He's there in support of his fellow cult members. Uh, they give his name, I believe, and they ask him, why he's wearing a swastika, don't they? Yeah, here it is. Uh, have a militia. One man described Rise of the Moors as a civic organization that teaches about nationality, law, and history. That member was also wearing a swastika around his neck, which he insisted had nothing to do with Nazism. It's an astrological symbol. Stand for the four points, the four cardinal points, you know, the, uh, the four elements. And also, as you, as you look at it, it has four sevens around it. it was four times seven is 28. And 28 represents, you know, the moon cycle woman. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I think we can all laugh at the rise of the morons here. Um, yeah. Again, we're, we're lucky because they're some pretty crazy people and nobody took a shot at the cop on the side of the highway, which is a wonderful thing, a great thing. That and the fact that they're not white made the story go away until yesterday when they showed up in court. And I don't know if you're, are you buying this explanation, Greg, on why he wore swastika, that it was seven times four is 28, the moon cycle? Does of course. It, does that work? Yeah, that nothing else makes sense, actually, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, it, maybe it's an anti-Semitic organization. Maybe that's part of the, uh, the mission, the charter. Maybe they hate Jews. We don't know. Uh, I, I assume I saw one news report and they quoted the Southern Poverty Law Center. Can I just say that to, you know, my friends in the media? That is not a credible organization. You don't go to them for information or, or to advance your story. They're a joke. They're an extremist organization. Uh, they, they, they have no credibility. So stop with the Southern Poverty Law Center. Anyway, I'm just going to say if a member of an organization is wearing a swastika, they're extremists. All right. They're dangerous. And we're lucky uh, that uh, nothing, uh, there's no violence yet. I assume they'll all get out. Do they get their guns back? I, mean, uh, I doubt it. If they got in a nine-hour standoff with cops, they really shouldn't. That's a lot of money uh, in weaponry that they're going to lose. These people are not going to be happy. But maybe that means next time they'll, I don't know, they'll fly to Maine because, or you know, <laughs> FedEx their weapons because, or move it's, there. Uh, it's and and well, how do you figure you're not subject to the laws? I mean, who cares where you're from if you break the laws? Like that lawyer said, what's that? If you're here and from another country, so if you murder someone, you could say, you know, rob a store. You could say, hey, I'm not a citizen. I'm cool. It's cool. I mean, I know that's, you know, uh, part of the. Uh, Biden administration's plan at the border, just let them come, let them break all the laws, no big deal as long as they vote Democrat. But you don't get to ignore our laws, uh, especially, uh, you know, if you're that kind of threat, that kind of danger. But do you think someone said this was good publicity for the rise of the Moors? Because no one's ever heard of them. I didn't know there was that kind of cult in in Rhode Island or in New England. No, I think it's a really stupid publicity because it's a group of people that don't fill up at gas stations. And when they do fill up on the side of the highway, they have a perimeter around the vehicle with four AR-15s. Pretty stupid. (laughs) I mean, I guess if no cop had to be driving by, but it's two in the morning. They look, they see a distressed, that's their job on the highway. They see a distressed uh, motorist. They pull over and they see a bunch of AR-15s or AK-40s, and they then they call for backup and they uh, 
and they uh, um, neutralized the threat, which they did. And we'll see when they're back in court. Something tells me it's going to be just as crazy next time. We'll have just oh, yeah. as many people with the fezes. I'll look that up, Fez. I'm going to see if I have the right the friar, name for that the hat. Friars Club hat. Friars Club hat? That doesn't sound like an official F-E-Z. Oh, Oh, the name of the hat itself. Yeah. Well, just for the people. Okay, well, yep, I got a picture of it. It's exactly what it is. It's a Fez. It's a Fez. See? I got a Fez. It has a tassel. It's a big cylindrical, cylinder-like looking thing. Um, it is a felt headdress uh, in the cylindrical peakless hat. Usually red, just like that guy, red. And it says here swastika, a symbol from Nazi Germany, the most evil uh, regime in the history of mankind. It has nothing to do with the the cycle of the moon. <laughs> they did. The Germans did steal it from like Thailand or something because it was a symbol oh, of peace right. before that. And and they had a presence in the Middle East. And I don't know if they were all wearing fezes, but there was you know <laughs> the, the Muslim wing of the. Uh, you know the Third Reich that we've seen, read yeah. about, and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe someone will learn more. I just can't imagine what a big story this would be. It is big to us, and that was funny, and I'm glad they entertained us. But if they were white, if they were Trumpkins, if they were white supremacists, it would be all day, every day, wall-to-wall coverage. Every network, CNN would be camped out in Malden. Lucky them, uh, and, uh, and you know, MSNBC and NBC and Jim Acosta, and you know, they'd all be sitting in Malden and in, in staying in Malden. Then they'd be in Rhode Island. Then they'd be interviewing people that live near the, you know, the the cult, the, the the rise of the Moors Club, wherever that is. And they would be so into this story if it were if these people were white. They're not. They moving on, even if they're you know anti-Semitic with swastikas, even if they're crazy, armed to the teeth. They don't care. They're not Trump supporters. They can't use it to advance the narrative that uh, January sixth was the worst day in this country's history since the Civil War, uh, which people in the media are still saying. It's kind of comical, but we'll get to that. I want to get to Viking Man, who is uh, not not coming home you might uh, want to, uh... anytime soon. It is amazing. Amazing injustice, but let me do shade concrete uh, before we do uh, the um, the Viking man story and uh, the the vice story about the reporters from uh, you. You want to hear a heartbreaking story? Hang with me. I want. I mean, I'm uh, I'm just going to say you're going to have trouble getting through this story without welling up. It is really, really disturbing. But first, I want to tell you about what Shay's doing today. Today, Wednesday. July 7th, there's a job fair in Wilmington at the Wilmington plant. They're hiring. They're hiring lots of people. And it's a great company to work for, a great bunch of people. Uh, I know, you know, the pandemic is over and so lots of people looking for jobs or better jobs. This is a place to get a better job. If you uh, work for a better company, it's at their Wilmington plant. It's all day. Right now, all the way to the end of the day. You can stop in and see what they have to offer you. See if it is a good place for you to work. I'm going to guess it is. So checking out the uh, job fair in Wilmington today. And while you're there, you know what you can do? You can also check out their huge selection of precast concrete steps. This is for homeowners and home builders. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs for any home available in concrete or customized. With beautiful stone, granite, or brick, the new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that. Your house looks better, and it's worth more. This is an investment in your home. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at shadeconcrete.com. I think you can check out the jobs there, or you can learn more about the job fair there, too, and stop by Wilmington today and see if they have a job for you. That is Shea Concrete. We all want to make sure our families are protected in a medical emergency. What many of us don't realize is that health insurance won't always cover the full amount of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you could get hit with high deductibles and co-pays. That's why an Air Medicare network membership is so important. As a member, if an emergency arises, you won't see a bill for air medical transport when flown by an 
AMCN provider. Best of all, a membership covers your entire household for as little as $85 a year. AMCN providers are called upon to transport more than 100,000 patients per year. This is coverage no family should be without. Now, as a listener to my show, you'll get up to a $50 e-gift card with new membership. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash Jerry and use your offer code. That's Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y. I, uh, Ironhead, uh, maybe, you know what? Viking man probably has a nickname like that. You know, his friends probably, and obviously the guy's not, not normal, not well, not very stable. He's, you know, his, uh, defenders, there aren't many have said he's mentally ill. He's the one who got a, he's the one who had the Viking, the horns and the fur and the painted face. And he writes on himself, shaman, QAnon shaman. He's just a lunatic, right? Yeah. He trespassed. On January 6th, he's not charged with any violent crime. Crime. He's charged with disorderly conduct and disrupting a proceeding. Nonviolent crimes. He's been in solitary confinement since uh, January 6th. He's uh, the only uh, time we heard about his treatment is when he demanded organic food, and I think he got it, which is a good thing. But I don't think he's uh, he'll ever recover from this. He's destroyed. Um, a judge again denied him bail yesterday. I don't know if it's the same judge. One of the other defendants who have been denied bail and no formal charges. It's an outrage that everybody should, uh, that should piss off everybody. It just amazes me when I talk about this, when I tweet about this, the reaction I get. It, more people say, screw him, let him rot, than say, this is ridiculous. He's a political prisoner. He's being persecuted because he's an enemy of the regime. I mean, it's frightening. And no one seems, or I should say no, very few people seem to care. There's one reporter who covers it. Her name is Julie Kelly from American Greatness, whatever that is. She writes for their website. She does an amazing job. She's on TV sometimes. She's the one that, you know, talks, the only one that covers this story, talks to the families of some of the people who are still in jail. The guy who put his foot up, feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk is still in jail. They lose their jobs. They lose their homes. They lose everything. Nobody cares. It's like, it's like, yeah. Uh, you know, it was an insurrection. He tried to overthrow the government. Yeah, sure. A guy with his face painted in Viking horns was going to overthrow the government. Stop with that silliness. He was denied bail. The guy who offered $15 million, his family had money. They, they passed the hat. They offered $15 million. The judge said, no, <laughs> you could stay in solitary. They, there is no price that they can pay to get out of solitary you know, just until they go to court, like, you know, most criminals, you get bail, you get out, you go back to court. If you're in Antifa, you go out, you get, you get arrested, you get bailed out by Kamala Harris, you go back and you start, you know, looting again, throwing rocks again, 10 minutes later. Get no, taken out by the bail no funds. Very Antifa scum ever spent a night in jail, let alone six months in solitary. No. But Again, enemy of the regime, nobody cares. But you want to see a story that'll make you um, chuckle. Check out the Vice story yesterday about reporters who, and I'll read you the headline because it's it's priceless. Report They, they said reporters who um, survived. They, they did a, sport, a story on reporters who survived January 6th. What, what is the implication there? Ironhead, what's the input when you say reporters who survived January 6th? Doesn't that mean some didn't? That means there's, there's the headline, so angry. Reporters who survived the Capitol are still struggling. Here's their tweet from Vice, which I don't know who reads Vice, but reporters who survived the deadly Capitol riot are still struggling. Someone, some won't go back in the building. Several have sought therapy to deal with trauma. Many still aren't sleeping well. <laughs> so reporters who were there when there was the riot and it was disgusting and it, well, we talked about it for weeks and weeks about these morons that just handed a gift to the Biden administration, just essentially destroyed, I think, Trump's political future and, you know, committed crimes and they should be held accountable. They should go to jail if they committed violent crimes. They should pay a fine. They should whatever, whatever the court system determines if they're 
minor disorderly conduct, I assume you pay a fine, you go home. That's how it works when you get disorderly conduct or trespassing, except in this case. This is a story, this is the most out-of-touch thing I think I've ever read, talking about reporters who are having trouble sleeping because of something that happened six months ago and didn't, you know, no one, they weren't beaten up. Did any of these reporters cover the violence in, I don't know, Portland, Seattle, Kenosha, Minneapolis, New York? Any of them cover the destruction, the, the, the havoc that Antifa wreaked in the nation's capital uh, when they trying to burn down a church? You know, when they forced the president to go in the bunker because they were outside the White House burning things and breaking things and threatening people? Anyone cover, did any of these reporters cover that? Did you see this story? It's just incredible. Uh, yeah, I I saw the, I was at it as the rep uh, congressman donates his suit, he says, to the Smithsonian. The suit he was wearing when the dangerous insurrectionists almost took over the country. He tweets out, I'm going to donate my suit. This is the most glaring example of just out of control and Insane. narcissism. Reporters. You know what? Remember what Nicole, Rachel Nichols said one day ago? That'd be like yesterday, or should I say Monday, two days ago. She said, "The first rule in journalism is don't make the story about you." Yeah. Do any report any of the reporters in the Vice story understand that that it's not about them? It's just incredible that they that they're sought therapy, and I I don't know if I can sleep again after those crazy QAnon shaman, that crazy Viking man. You know, walked into the Senate chambers and started howling like a wolf. Uh, whatever. These are uh, <laughs> the most self-absorbed people in the world, and really don't have reason to be. Well, you can go. Um, you can go to the Smithsonian. You can see uh, Robert O'Neill's suit he wore when he killed Bin Laden, and this guy's suit when uh, he, you know, <laughs> people visited him. <laughs> You could see Archie Bunker's chair, and you could see this idiot suit right? when when he had when he had to uh, evacuate the Capitol. You get to look at the suit, right? Is that is that somehow going to be meaningful to a single tourist? Look at this guy's suit. Uh, whatever, what an a hole. Anyway, uh, speaking of self-absorbed narcissists, but I'm going to say they have reason to be. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady dueled last night, and I asked you, you know, this morning, Craig. You know, how'd you like it? You said you didn't make it. Didn't make it. I saw I'm, clips. I'm disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in you because you knew I'd be talking about this. And it was only five and a half hours long. <laughs> That's all. Six, I believe, six hours, if you include the pregame show, the preview. I looked at this when I was recording it and I went, what the hell? I, I realize golf takes a while, but why do you need five and a half hours? They, they actually dragged this out. Shouldn't you? Shouldn't your goal be to tighten it up and maybe go, I don't know, three hours? Three hours, yeah. I So I made a decision. I watched the back nine. How's that? I watched the back nine. I started watching it at about 9 to 11, 8.30 to 11. I like it. It's entertaining. You get to see Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you know, two of the greats, the greatest NFL player ever and another top five guy, you know, look human. They, at times, you know, the big star, if you missed it, was the state of Montana in this area that they were in. It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing views and amazing hills and mountains and animals. They showed bear, a bear. They showed uh, mountain goats. The course looked brutally hard, like lots of trees and hills that you could just lose the ball. And they did. I mean, they, not just Brady and Rogers, but DeChambeau and Mickelson lost a few balls in the trees. And uh, uh, Rogers, if you didn't watch it. If you didn't devote five and a half hours to it, Rogers and uh, DeChambeau defeated uh, Brady, closed them out, um, I think, on the 16th hole. The big story was Rogers nailing uh, clutch putts, like 10, 12-foot putts. Um, two issues I had, very, very important issues. I mean, I, I, I know it's only golf, but this was really upsetting to me. Two things, Aaron Rodgers' hair and Brady's pants. <sighs> Every, everyone was wearing shorts. Everyone. The, you know, Mickelson and DeShaun, who aren't allowed to wear shorts, normally wore shorts. All the cameramen, you know, people on the course to, walking around. Everyone had shorts except Tom Brady. What's he afraid of? You think his legs are too skinny? I mean. I think so. He, on a, he, hot, a hot summer day, I know it's Montana, but it's warm. And everyone wore shorts except for Tom Brady. Or is he trying to look like a golf pro? I don't know. He never, he never wears shorts from what I can remember. 
I mean, he yeah, that's true. When he works out, he's often in sweats. Maybe it's not high, not happy. With, or if he's got yeah. shorts on, he's got the high socks up to his knees. Yeah. So he wore short, uh, long pants. No one else did. And Rogers with that hair, and I know he's not an old man. Like the old men that grow their hair in the back, like you know, uh, uh, Biden and uh, Trey Gowdy, and they look stupid. When you have long gray hair in the back, it looks idiotic. But Rogers get the long hair going. Um, he joked about, you know, the, when, whether he's going to show up for camp, whether he's going to play for the Packers. They were trying to get him to talk about it. He didn't. They joked about it. Brady joked about it. Uh, Rogers looked good. Brady looked good. Brady hit a drive. And I think I have this right. A 392-yard par four. He drove the green. I saw that. And I did. See I that. understand it's downhill and all that. It's way, way downhill. But a 392-yard drive from anybody is pretty amazing. Brady did it and stuck it. You know, it was like 10 feet to the pin. I mean, it was an amazing shot, and he has a good swing. He lost again, by the way. He lost last time when he was with uh, Tiger against uh, – no. Was he with Mickelson or Tiger last time? Anyway, he lost to Peyton Manning last time. This time he loses to Aaron Rodgers. I said yesterday, take some guts because there's a chance you'll embarrass yourself. He didn't embarrass himself. But he did hit some wayward shots. He claims he's a seven handicap. I'm not sure he's a seven handicap, but he's – not bad. And he didn't really embarrass himself and he had a good time and they raised money for charity. And I think Brady has a summer home in Montana. In fact, I know he does. So they probably did this to make it convenient for him. And the players love it. You know, DeChambeau and Mickelson are joking around the whole time. They're all mic'd up and they're talking to Barkley and everything. There it is. You're showing that is a legit 392. Partially uphill too. (laughs) On the green in and again, way, way downhill, but still there. How far is it? Eight feet? It's close. I'll take I, it. I mean, anytime. And I think, you know, the other one is, uh, was it Mickelson or DeChambeau? The other ones, oh, here we get to see. Um, we, uh, that stuck it on the green from 390 yards, but that, that's a pretty amazing shot. And he, uh, he lost, but he had a good time. We all had a good time for five and a half hours. All right. Um, that was, uh, that was one, our, our, our final winner on the day. Um, I'm not going to include Biden as a winner, but <laughs> I think yesterday, and you and I talked about this before, Biden and Jen Psaki both telling America they're going to go door to door with the vaccine is chilling. And if people think this is not yeah. I don't know, a problem, then you're really not paying attention. This is un-American to say we're going to go door to door and force people to get the vaccine. Uh, enough people are going to get it voluntarily. If you don't get it and you get COVID, that's your problem. If you already have the vaccine, you're good. You're safe. Forcing children, you know, 12-year-old kids to get it is madness. And going door to door, knocking on doors, as uh, somebody pointed out this morning on the news, they said General McClellan in the Civil War did not would not allow Abraham Lincoln to knock on his door because it's, you know, that's it's rude. It's Invading, invading my privacy. Can you imagine if you get a knock at the door and you answer it and it's like a, a nurse with all the equipment and a needle saying, which arm, which arm? I mean, you'd be like, what? I mean, first of all, you know, you'd say, get lost, get off my steps, get away. Secondly, saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm young and healthy. I don't really want it. I don't need it. Or I guess a lot of people be saying I already have it. But saying you're going door to door, is that's not your job. That's not your place. This is America, you tyrant. You don't go door to door for anything. Why don't you go door to door and check people, see if they get their guns, uh, you know, locked away, registered. See if their thermostat is low enough. May If anyone's thermostat's over 68, you know, you call in the Stasi or call in the, uh, call the cops. It's just ridiculous to hear Joe Biden, our president, some stumbling and bumbling and saying he's coming door to door, but uh, we'll see if he actually does that. I mean, it sounds like there's got to be some major pushback on that. But uh, anyway, we will leave it there. You know what we'll do today, Ironhead? We'll sit back and watch ESPN burn some more. I have a feeling it ain't over yet. Definitely Yesterday not. we found out, you know, Rich, two days ago, Rachel Nichols was, you know, a racist. And yesterday it was Woj. And we'll find out who it will be. Today, I don't really have, you know, hopefully it's Max Kellerman. That'd be good. I'd watch him score. 
Yeah. A good woke liberal like Max Kellerman, watch him squirm. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be more to this. This story feels like it's just starting to unfold, just simmering. Uh, and I will look forward to it blowing up all over again. Um, but uh, And we'll look forward to hearing more from the Moors, the rise of the Moors, uh, the uh, violent militia gang from, uh, from Rhode Island that we knew nothing about three days ago, and now we know that they are nuts. But uh, all right, Craig, did I miss anything? I think we got it all. We did. We got to a lot of it, and uh, and it was fun. Thanks for uh, showing up, Ironhead. No problem. Uh, you are you are the host of the Very Good Show podcast. If you want to check that out, that is uh, Craig's thing. Uh, you and uh, and, uh, and blind, blind Mike. Yeah, and the Blind Mike Project, where you can get the Blind yeah. Mike Project. Yes, both shows, both of them. Check them out. Uh, we will we will do that. We will check it out. But uh, we will leave it there for today. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week, as long as you're having fun as our guests. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! New hot and iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced Sunrise Batch Coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah. It's from Geico. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, Son, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And look at me now, a well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. (laughs) Okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed GEICO agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.